But he's just a little bit wingy. Wingy. Big shout out to Wingy as well. Real hardcore. I like Wingy. Posts his predictions and things up. I like Wingy. He's good. I like people like that a little bit off the cuff. He's just the biggest boxing nut I've ever met. Came to London looking for static and ain't nobody say nothing. And he a chomp. Let's go, champ. Have a good day. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I'm going to keep it trailer. I'm so bloody nervous. I really am. I'm sitting here, my little leggies are out. I've got my little blanket over my legs. Scared out of my pants here. It's been a while since I've done this, isn't it? <laughs> what the? What's going on, people? Wingies Boxing Bites Bear. Wingies Boxing Bites Episode 1. This is the reboot. Now, I'm trying to get the audio levels and everything right. So if the audio on this first podcast is a little bit wonky, please forgive me because I'm trying something new here and I'm still bloody nervous. Hope you guys are good. The podcast is back. Wing is boxing bites. Where have you been? You listening right now. I thought you was my mate. I thought we were cool. You remember the days, didn't it? When we got in the scraps outside bloody ACs. Where have you been? Where have I been? Well, some of you know that I had a little chill, but it ain't really about me, is it? And also, there's no wingies bag this um, week because I decided to do the podcast really late notice. So I need to fill a section up. And I think I'm going to do that with the wingies. Uh, bag section I'm going to talk about where I've been now that is quite self-indulgent but because there's no there's no letters at the moment but we will get on to that I'm all I'm all nervous I really am let me have a drink Elmhurst Spring right let's get this damn gallet and then we'll talk some boxing uh, now seriously I've missed you guys man I feel a bit emotional I also feel emotional because of Connor Ben my heart don't know where to go with this. I just don't know what to do. Yeah. One minute I'm like, oh, you know, look at him knocking him out. It's crazy. <laughs> then I'm like, oh, do not put their stuff is dull. And then I hear myself doing the same thing that I moaned at people doing to Dillian White. Pavetkin, mm, he wasn't his best, was he? I hate that. Connor's gone in there and he did exactly what he, he said it, didn't he? It's not going to matter in the first round. All the other little tangibles, all the other little stuff like that, all this, all the other things we're moaning at is um all the other things we're moaning at are kind of irrelevant because he'd done what he was supposed to do right once the excitement from that has died down then i think we can nitpick but that's me that's how i roll i like a little bit of excitement and i like to kind of enjoy the moment then once the moment goes we can get harsh and start moaning but man connor ben connor ben we're going to go into that for the topic of the week the topic of the week is Maybe the Conor and American fight is actually a good fight. Tumbleweed, come on. You didn't even give me nothing for that one. Didn't even give me nothing. Not even a handshake. I'll get to that topic. Just leave it with me. So that is the kind of dilemma that I've got. I want to be excited for Conor. I am. But then I've got to try and strip some of that excitement back. Not be such a wally. All right. Shannon Courtney and Ebony Bridges. What the? F- yeah. My mate called me up and said, she looked like Canelo in there. I was like, easy, son. But she looked great. And uh, Shannon Courtney, do you know what? It was that awkward one, wasn't it? 
I got bombarded before the Shannon Courtney fight. We'll talk about it here, Wingy's Boxing Bites, with the... Do you know what? In fact, no, no, no. no. We'll, we'll get to that later. I'm not going to bring that. I'm not going to bring a win down. It was a fantastic fight. We're going to go into detail in that, obviously, but what a fight. Both standing toe-to-toe at points. And then Courtney, she sort of broke away a little bit, didn't she? But yeah, yeah, I'm not going to go into my detail, but oh, what a fight. That, that, that was a fight. Um, yeah, we're going to talk about Savannah Marshall against Heidi Lindbergh. Maria Lindbergh. Why do, I, do you know what? I went into this saying, don't call her Heidi. I don't know where that come from. I don't know where that come from. It's interesting. I uh, interviewed Maria for Boxing King Media and had a good chat with her, actually. And she seemed just like a lovely, friendly lady. Nice lady. Yeah. And then uh, her face in the ring, she looked really peed off. She was in fight mode. And you could actually see she was there to fight. But yeah, we'll get we'll, we'll get to that. We will get to that. We will get to that. So yeah, so just bear with me while I get into the swing of things. The studio, <laughs> me room with the bloody mic shoved on the end of me. It's in computer. Is uh, now situated in a slightly different place, and my son is a lot older since the last time I done the podcast. So we've got to try and juggle keeping him quiet. And if any of you got a toddler, you know, when you're trying to, you know, encourage your toddler to be quiet, they're going to be louder. So if you do hear screaming, daddy or his favourite song, and they had done their poo, and they had done their poo in the background, then I do apologise until uh, until I can afford that studio and need some of that bloody Patreon money. Right, shall we get on to this then? Joe Smith Jr. card, we're going to talk about that. Fair score? What do you think? What do you think? And Ennis versus Lipinets as well, if I can get my word out. And again, like I said, there's no no wingy's bag because um, I didn't give you enough advance notice. I kind of just went in there, went in there raw, didn't hold back, let it all out. And uh, the podcast started without a wingy's bag because I didn't give myself enough warning or you. Let's talk about Conor Ben, shall we? Let's do it. The fights. What is good, people? What is good? What's going on? What's going on? Conor Ben versus Samuel Vargas. Welterweight. Going into this fight, it was very interesting. In my head, I can't lie to you, I didn't see Samuel Vargas winning. Now, when I say that, of course, in boxing, anything can happen at any moment. Cliche, but a very uh, apt cliche. But I I thought Conor Ben was going to win. In my head, even though I didn't have a prediction of sorts mapped out in my head, I'm looking at something like a scrappy, warring fight until Connor sort of breaks through around the seventh or eighth sort of round. Maybe Vargas sort of retiring on his stall. As soon as Connor started throwing punches, it was almost as if it was a coiled spring. That's a tide metaphor, isn't it? Let me think of something more apt. said apt twice as well. I've run out of bloody words now. I've got nothing else to say. Connor, it was, you could see the built up tension in him. And Connor always speaks well. He's always exciting, but he had a little bit of needle in him about this fight and about going into this, uh, going into this situation, didn't he? As in the, you know, when I say this situation, I mean, being at this point in his career, should I say. People doubting him. You can see that made him uncomfortable. And he had, had a bit of a... Look, he had a bit of a bee in his bonnet. <clears throat> Excuse me. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. And I saw that translated into his ring performance. It, it, it was it was just the speed, the explosiveness. Even his stance, the way he was standing. You know the, the 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 foot positioning, and you saw it in his last fight in the lot uh, against a lot of the ten rounder. You could see it in that one. There's improvements. Yeah, he went the ten rounds, fine, whatever. But sometimes I like that because I can see what's going on. I can get a feel for the uh, fighter and where the fighter's at. So yeah, Connor went into this one with a little bit of uh, needle. Do you know what I'm saying? Coming out of all the boxing cliches here. 
with, with a little bit of needle in the um in the Formella fight. I enjoyed looking at Connor, see what he was working on, and let's be honest, like what's his eighteen fights now with the Vargas? Can you remember those early Connor Ben days when it was wild and raw? The progression that he's made as a fighter, I will. I, I don't care what anybody says. Yes, we can get overexcited with the Vargas win and many, uh, we, 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 we have a tendency to do that. And I think we're kind of allowed to do that. A lot of us are Nigel Ben supporters and fans. And by natural consequence of that, we're going to be supporters of Conor Ben, right? Uh, and uh, enjoy seeing the journey and have, have a certain sympathy for him, I think. But taking that aside, you can't deny the progress that um, was you, you can see with Conor Ben, especially in that um, in the last fight in in the, in the Formella fight. So what what have we got here? Oh, God. Did you see the Sammy Vargas interview with Sky Sports? Yeah, he was. He, 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 <laughs> I can't remember what he said exactly, but he was says something like um. Uh, uh, no, he didn't say it's the last time I'm coming over. He didn't say that, but it was like, well, I'm here, I'm going again now. What was the point in that? It was a joke kind of thing. And I asked several people, do you know what? I'm getting ahead of myself. Let's get, let's, let's talk about the fight. What, what there was of it. It was the left, right uppercut and hooks, like an explosion of shots on the ropes. And Vargas's head is rocked back. It was like how many seconds? It was 38 seconds or some something, something ridiculous like that. Really, really quick. And the referee steps in, sees the head going back and waves it off. Was it an early stoppage? I think it was just borderline acceptable. If you understand what I'm saying. I've seen thousands of worse stoppages in that. Vargas's head was being rocked back. The ropes were keeping him up. Do you know what I think? I feel that everybody was surprised in this fight. And that was the reason the referee stopped it. I know you, you listening now, you thought Conor Ben would do good, but you didn't see him blitzing Vargas like that, did you? I think even the referee, when he was probably sitting at home having a Yorkshire pudding before he come to... That ain't a diss, I'm just saying. Like, I'm not saying he's tubby, I'm tubby. But I'm just, I'm just trying to give you an example of him sitting at home with his slippers on. I'm sure he thought, oh, Conor Ben fight tonight is going to be interesting. Ugh, I'm reffing it. The point I'm making is, I'm sure he didn't expect that. So Conor Ben was, well, Conor Ben wasn't shocked. He was the one doing it. Samuel Vargas was shocked. The referee was bloody shocked. And I think that actually played into the narrative of the, no, no, that's not the right word. I think that actually contributed to the outcome. In other words, the referee was, oh, God, God what's going on? Oh, my, oh, my, oh, stop it. Wait to fight off. Whereas if you had like a Lachlan in there, who's a bit more experienced, a bit more smoother and cooler, I would put my wages on all two pound of them. <laughs> that your Victor Lachlan, he would have, he, he would have, he, he would have just like nice and calmly waved that, waved that off, don't you think? Uh, sorry, not waved off. He would have nice and calmly uh, done that standing eight count, should I say, not waved off. He would have done the the, the, st- the standing eight count. How would the fight have played out after that? The thing is, if you show any sign of weakness and if there's that uh, delectable tang of blood, then Conor Ben really will, he, he's going to go for it. And I think giving Conor Ben nothing to fear in the opening bell was the equivalent of rolling a um, snowball down a hill until you cause a freaking avalanche. In other words, the momentum is already there and you're letting that momentum continue by shelling up. He's thinking, you what? You're not even going to come back at me. You can, I can have it then, mate. And the aggression, the explosion of, of punches, not only knocked Conor Ben off, uh, not only knocked the uh, Samuel Vargas off, not sort of not knocked him out, but took him by surprise. It also did the referee, and I think I kind of think that just co- uh, contributed to the to the stoppage. I don't think it was a bad stoppage. I've seen worse. 
but I also have seen better. But as I said at the start, I don't want that to be the narrative of the fight. That ain't, this, that ain't, kind of, that ain't down to Conor Ben, is it? He did exactly what he was supposed to do. Blast him out. Blast Vargas out of there. And we've got to be honest, how far, how long would Vargas have gone on? If I'm being honest. So Conor Ben moves forward, gets the win and gets on the microphone and he's like, you know, he's ready to, I'm not going to say he's ready to headbutt somebody because that is implying he's a, uh, a, a certain type um, uh, of, of perhaps gentleman. I'm, I'm not saying that, but he, 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 he's ready to have it. You can see it on the microphone and calls out Amir Khan. Now, I might act all cool, as you can hear in like professional, just call me Steve's Bunst when I'm doing the podcast. But in all honesty, when he called out Amir Khan, I sort of ran upstairs in my little slippers to my wife. And I said, Oh, he's called out Amir Khan. So initially, I was quite excited about that. And that would be the uh, topic of the week. We're going to talk about that that fight. It's easy to, oh, God, I ain't going to bother watching that. Pretty sure you will, though, wouldn't you? <laughs> of course you will, wouldn't you? You love it. You love every moment of it. Conor Ben, I thought you looked good. I thought you'd done the thing. All right, Savannah Marshall against Maria Lindbergh. Even on my notes, I've written Heidi. What's wrong with me? I knew a girl from school called Heidi. Savannah, 1 9, knocked out 7, lost none. Maria Lindbergh, 1 19, knocked out 10, lost 6, drawn 2. A great, great um, display from Savannah. I had the honour of interviewing both of these ladies. Uh, check out the interviews at Boxing King Media before the fight. Savannah had a really good discussion with her, almost 30 minutes in a Similar one with Heidi. There were tells within the interview that she just wasn't even close to being prepared. We know that as a last minute, right? And if you're going up against, arguably, don't get mad, Chris. I don't nobody send this to her. I'm just saying, arguably, the best female fighter. Uh, on the planet or one of Savannah, you ideally want to be in how your boy Adam Smith would say, you want to be teak tough. <laughs> Come on, Adam, mate. <laughs> and Heidi, God love her. Savannah just went in there looking cool and I love how she boxes. It, it, look, it sounds, it, it, it's the cliche to say, she looks like the Furies when she fights. But she does. Even that dog's agreeing. Bam up. Well, you live a council estate. Yes. Um, it just the, the, the low hand, the ease of movement. Everything's swinging. It's beautiful. It's nice. It's easy. And all you could look at in the fight, all you are analysing in the fight, are the movements, the technique, the foot placement, the small little subtle shifts of weight um, from Savannah. You're looking at the offense because you're not getting nothing back from, from, from Heidi. Long, clean right hand, sort of Dex Lindbergh in the second. It's like a dip in, she sort of dips in, and it's like uh, a Savannah dips and plants in that long right. This is nothing back from Lindbergh. Uh, over the previous rounds as, as as we sort of get to the... It was the third round she knocked her out. And as we get to the third round, it was just a clinical, smooth performance. And just a cracking right hook. It's just vicious. Just vicious. It was... There was a look of resignation on Lindbergh's face. It was like, no. Savannah looked great. How would she do against Clarissa Shields? I think we all get pulled along in excitement. We all, I say we all, most of us, you would assume, you know, UK are excited for that fight. And whenever I speak to people about it over here, 
remember, over here in the UK, yeah, of course, they're saying Savannah. But you have to understand, you have to switch your perspective. I know you're uh, possibly, you might, might be American or, or worldwide, hopefully. I mean, it's a worldwide podcast, isn't it? But you know what I'm saying? Remember, just as passionate as you, and I may be or may not be, I've got to be impartial because I interview, just as passionate as you and as resolute as you are in your belief that Savannah is going to do the business against Clarissa Shields, if slash when that fight happens, and there's lots of talk towards the end of the year, everybody's looking at Eddie Earn. As determined and as much as you believe Savannah is going to take that fight, there's a whole group of fans on the other side of that equation who think exactly the opposite with, with as much passion as you do, if you understand what I'm saying. Team Clarissa Shields out there, they... I've heard them say Savannah looks slow. And we know Clarissa has speed. Savannah told me herself it's the speed that Savannah's focusing on as opposed to the power when it comes to Clarissa Shields. I mean, obviously, you're going to think about the power, aren't you? So it's an exciting fight, but I think we do need to put things into perspective like this is Clarissa Shields and she is very, very good, very difficult relentless, persistent, and happens to be the queen when it comes to the, the female boxing thing. Or one of. But that's for the future. Savannah Marshall done what she was supposed to do tonight. Nice and easy, nice and good. Now, Shannon Courtney versus Ebony Bridges for the vacant WBO Bantamweight. This was amazing build-up, wasn't it? Can I let you into a little secret? Well, why not? It's not It's not a bad thing, is it? Don't for Boxing King Media Mind. We had a Shannon... Uh, we had a Ebony Bridges interview lined up. Would have been one of the first on the internet. One thing we like to do... Oh, don't give things away. <laughs> but it would have been one of, the uh, one of the first on YouTube. Not the first, but for this fight. But unfortunately, times and schedules didn't line up. But everything... We was in contact with her. Everything was uh, ready to go. And the more... Sort of as I saw the interviews playing out, over the week, everybody in here, oh God, I'd have really, really, can you imagine me and Ebony Bridges vibing? That would have been hilarious, isn't it? But unfortunately, we, we, we didn't manage to get that interview, but we're looking to get that at Boxing King Media. But regardless, what I liked about this fight and what I liked about what Ebony was doing, I quite, oh, it's obvious what you liked. We're not talking about that here. We've grown up now. This ain't the old UK Wing Chun student days. Yeah, we're mature here. All right. I'm a gentleman of a certain age. It's possible to talk about attractive ladies without being um, sidetracked. That sound was me having water. What I liked about what Ebony Bridges was doing was she was promoting the fight and she was successful at doing so. She's an attractive young lady. Uh, and she was using her natural attributes, her charisma as well. People uh, uh, get very focused on her looks, but her charisma as well, her attitude and her personality is very infectious. And that, alongside Shannon Courtney's, stole the fight, uh, st stole the, um, uh, the card, so to speak. There was more buzz about that fight than, than, than any other fight on there. Truly, it should have been about the original opponent for um, Savannah, whose name escapes me. Apologies. But it was about the Ebony Bridges show for most people with Shannon Courtney. Shannon Courtney strikes me as the type who wouldn't want to be in a limelight for certain, for unless it's strictly for the boxing and anyway, right? So she brought in a lot of numbers, a lot of eyes on the sport, and a concern was... Are we going to get a good fight off the back of a lot of people now tuning in to watch this fight? You know the ones. Are you the boxing person at work? I am. Oh, this fight is too. Now, when I'm talking like this, this isn't my. These are not my feelings. This is just how I've. I'm just giving you a flavour of work colleagues, and this is the kind of things they would say. It does sound a little bit sexist, but we keep it real on this podcast. It's an explicit podcast. It's marked as explicit on your podcast services. 
There might be things as well which you might find offensive. These birds fighting, I can't wait to watch this. It's going to be fucking brilliant, isn't it? I don't know who they are, but fuck it. I'm like, yeah, if you... Savannah Marshall's like... Do you understand what I'm saying? So Ebony done her part. But my concern was, how was the fight actually going to play out when all these eyes were on it? It was a good one, wasn't it? I was looking... We'll get into the, uh, we'll get into the technical aspects in a bit. But I was looking at how these two were performing in the ring. And I'm thinking to myself, on, I'm being honest, they look like fighters that have had more than the fights that they've had. I'm not going to go quite go as far as my good mate who said, Bridges look like Canelo. Let's... But I was thinking, I'm looking at certain things. We Like you, you know, you're boxing, right? And if you don't and you're a casual listener, well, I'm, going, I'm a, about to explain. I liked Ebony's pressure. I liked her head movement. I um, loved how she dug in when she took a shot. We'll get, we'll get into the detail of the fight. And going on with Shannon, Shannon was moving nice, boxing beautifully, light on her feet at, at times, towards the later rounds, actually. It's one or two rounds in the later portion. So it turned out to be a really, really good fight. Shannon, one six, knocked out three, lost one. Ebony, one five, knocked out two, lost none. Vacant WBA bantamweight title. Of course, there's a discussion about the belts, the, the belt as well. Should it be for a belt? I've only had to... it is. It, it, it is, right? The finer points and details of the legitimacy of a belt within five fights, how deep is the female division? You know, there's we can come to that later. For now, let's dis- discuss the actual fight and the situation that we've got in front of us. Good first round. Courtney's landing clean. Tight shots inside. Bridges' offense is like heavy. There's no sort of dancing as such. It's feet planted. She's coming forward. It's, like, it's almost like a ball. Um, almost like she's transformed. And she's like a bulldog. Do you know what I mean? There's, the shoulders are hunched up. I love that kind of stance in fighters. I really do. So she's walking forward and the, the pressure that she's applying is beautiful. It looks gorgeous. It's It's got that unrefined nature about it. It's not clean, tidy pressure, but it's enjoyable to watch because she's uh, making a mark, an imprint on the fight, right? So when I'm looking at Courtney, Courtney is a little bit more effective when it gets close. When it gets close to that phone booth sort of range, Courtney's a little bit cleaner. Her work sings a bit more whereas when it gets um, when the tactics are needed to be adjusted in the fight for me it's courtney who seemed to be the one who was able to adjust whereas shannon uh whereas uh, ebony or should i say bridges i'm getting confused with the first one let me let me go with the second names so up that'll keep it easy for my stupid brain uh, uh whereas bridges applied the pressure but you don't know if she's going to be able to, uh, she didn't seem able to adjust. Sounds like a diss. It, some of my favourite fighters weren't fighters that adjusted game plan. So it's not a diss, but it was Courtney who I, I, th- I thought was ad- uh, was adjusting quite well. But, you know, Bridget in the third round, her inner game, like I said, it's raw, but it's suffocating and it's effective. And you could see Courtney was, not saying she's having issues, but it was, do you understand what I'm saying? She, it, she's a... Uh, She's trying to find the angles and it's, it's starting to get a little bit tight for her, Courtney. Now, I had Courtney losing the fifth, but a head snapping sort of straight right stopped Bridges in her tracks. And then it kind of, obviously for that, I don't want to say for that shot alone, but it was a good shot. But you know what I like about that shot and what I like about Bridges taking that shot is that she took the shot. What a hard, is it offensive to call her? Okay, a hard mofo. Do you know what I mean? She was hard to take that shot. Great seventh from Bridges, like good pressure. It's a really good fight, man. I'm watching this thing. I'm loving this fight. I love the style mashup. And Courtney's boxing beautifully in the eighth. She's finding room. She's like, like on, on her toes, like effective. And she's using Bridges' ag- aggression now. So it's, she's sort of like being 
allow me almost like the uh, matador kind of thing that's what i'm actually spinning out of the way pop 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 it was only for like a couple of the later rounds but it was beautiful it was really really gorgeous to watch and for me like the ninth round i think courtney's skill just sort of edges through just a cleaner cleaner work you know the in that last round i think that's where i saw the class shine for Courtney and that the, the, the class was reflected her boxing class was reflected in the closer more tense portions of the fight which were numerous because that was what Bridges was all about making a fight close and suffocating you could have seen Courtney dance on her toes for most of the fight trying to stay on the outside and it wouldn't have been half as an enjoyable fight but it might have been an easier fight and it probably wouldn't have been as close on the scorecards how did you guys score it Oh, and I forgot to mention, at the end of the fight, towards the end of the, the last few rounds, and obviously after the fight, if you saw her interviews, uh, Bridges' eye was seriously effed up, really, really worryingly bad. Massive, massive swelling. Lord above. I hope she's all right. Honestly, that's, that was a great... I, haven't seen, I can't remember the last time I've seen one like that. Um, I'm thinking back to... Uh, I forgot his name now, the Cruiserweight... Oh, you know the cruiserweight used to come out with the uh, Popeye, dressed up like Popeye. Bloody hell, it's been a while. Can't remember his name. No, that's no, not going to come. He fought Enzo Macronelli, but I just, just can't remember his name. It's going to bug me to hell now. Anyway, that's the last time I've seen a fighter uh, with an eye injury like that. And it was concerning. Even towards the, I think it was the ninth round, she, the, the, you can see the referee looking and... Uh, I respect actually the referee to be fair, letting it go on from the perspective of it's a world title fight. So the referee actually respected the belts kind of and the situation. Do you know what I mean? But in reality, if that wasn't a title fight, obviously that would have been stopped, right? The referee would have stopped that. That's the only thing I can use to sort of uh, explain why that was, why that was let to, why, why that was let to go on like that. But, it is what it is. It's all good. And Courtney, she got the win and she was extremely happy. And I was, I was happy for her. Okay. We do need to talk about the situation with the tweets, but not yet. I just want to let her have her fun. It's just, I feel bad addressing it, but it would be awkward if I didn't. Let's talk about her performance. It was great. Shannon Courtney boxed beautifully. She looked really, really good. All props to her. And to see the look on her face, the happiness, the elation on her face when she got that win, you could see what it meant to her. You could honestly see what it meant to her. And I was so, so happy for her. I've <sighs> got anything else to, to say about that before I... Just shout out to her, all right? Now, yeah, the... She In her past, she's had really bad tweets. Somebody told me about them and I thought, oh God, what she said. And I saw them and I thought, oh God, okay, yeah, they are bad, <laughs> to be fair. I can't remember the age she was. I'm thinking she was like 16. I don't know if I'm putting too much on it. it I've I've in the past cried about that kind of thing. Oh, they said that. I'm so offended. We all, we all move on, grow up. I've, I've, I've cried. <laughs> like a, like, at the end of the day, Every boxer is going to have something and you've got to just decide whether you're going to call, call with it or not. If it's in their past and if they regret it, and she has said several times, and I don't believe she specifically addressed the things that were said, which were like about Muslims and apparently uh, homosexuals and stuff like that. You know, what, what, what are we going to do? Not watch him? We won't be, honestly, it sounds harsh. I was telling the truth. We're not going to watch anybody, any of our boxers, if that's the case especially if it's stuff from their past. So if you guys want a more detailed conversation all around that, I'm more than happy to do it. You know, I used to, when I used to do that, those of you listening, when you remember me from the YouTube days, you know, I used to tackle those subjects, no problem at all. But for me, we move on. It was a great fight. Shout out to them. Let them have that fight. Uh, right. Also, let's talk about, let's talk about, who else was on the bloody card? Now, I didn't, I haven't seen all the fights and I haven't seen the Cash Farouk fight either. Or 
I have not seen the uh, I forgot his name now, the rugby player who turned heavyweight, but I did see John Hedges versus Stanko uh, Jamelo. Now, I know in his first fight, it was quite controversial. All I can judge him on is how he's progressed in this fight. You know, it was like throwing clean, easy left hands, tidy and long boxing. And, you know, Jerko was there to be sort of touched, not enough evasion. Round three, just long shot picking from Hedges. Stanko just sort of standing in front of him. I mean, he's throwing the occasional wing and left, but Hedges has sort of caught him with these shots. He's evading in the last round. Besides that, it's just a nice clean display, a fair learning fight, tidy style, and I'm interested to see uh, his progression. I regret not being able to catch the Cash Farouk fight. What I like to do, obviously I can't watch every fight. I've obviously worked full time. So what I like to do is try and hold off for as long as I can of being spoiled of the result. But then it, it does get to a point where, as I always say, I like to get the podcast. I, I like to get the podcast out at the very latest Tuesday night, Wednesday in the stream cases, because the lust, uh, the, 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 the luster of the fights uh, sort of recedes by then. So I haven't seen all of the fights. I've seen the headliners and that is pretty much that. Uh, right, let me have a quick look at something here. I just want to look, make sure I'm on the right page, make sure we're all good. Stand by one, stand by one, stand by two. Nick Campbell, that was his name. Uh, stand by two. Yes, so there's a couple of fights which I still need to catch up on. Right, where are we? Oh, yeah, right. Let's talk about, let's, let's go to the Joe Smith card. We'll go to the Joe Smith cards. Joe Smith Jr. Everybody loves Joe Smith Jr., right? He seems like the type of dude that nobody's going to have an issue with. Someone's going to pipe up now. Shut up. It just seems like your average all-American dude. Am I completely wrong about that? Somebody going to say, oh, do you know what he said when he was six? To- oh, for flip. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? But uh, let's talk about the undercard fight. I saw the big brother standing there, Trey Ajagba, and I was like, hold on a minute, I remember him. Now, you'd like to say, oh, hold on, don't you go there, you pop shield. Not in the middle of me recording. Oh, hold on a minute, son. No, you do not. We're live, raw, and uncut here. Look at that, expertly saved. I remember seeing him. I remember this brother, and I thought to myself, where, where, where have I seen him before? And unfortunately, it wasn't for his skills, which are admirable. It was because, you remember that fight? You know what I'm going to say, didn't you? There was a fight, for those of you who don't know, where his opponent, as soon as the bell rang, his opponent was like, oh, turned around and walks out of the ring. And now whenever I see this tall brother with the dreads, I always think, God, do you remember that opponent you had, mate? He's probably sick of it. Probably wants to knock him out. Anyway, here he is. He's going up against Brian Howard, 15, 12, and 4. You know, starting off, you, as soon as I saw that right hand land in the first round, just a slow, measured walking forward. And I'm looking at Howard is adjusting his shorts, upper body evasion, quick hands. And just as I was thinking, you know what? Howard's defense is all right. It's got a little bit of upper body movement. Like I said, upper body movement. He looks kind of sharp, especially contrasted to Ajagbo's, uh, Ajagbo's sort of um, slower sort of feet. Just as I'm thinking, that blood apps. That's it. He gets. He gets. He gets. He gets folded by like a curling knockout. A, a, a jag, but I think it's a, a right hand, wasn't it? A very interesting fight. His fundamentals are sensible. The guard is good. Good technique. You know, I'm just I'm fascinated to see how he develops. His, you know, how his defense just wasn't quick enough. He liked. He wanted to exploit and use that the sort of shoulder roll he used the top of his, but you know, it just, he wasn't quick enough to do it. He wasn't quick enough to employ that type of style against this big, big heavyweight. Ideally, I would have liked to have seen more of his fights before I analyze this one, because I've only seen a couple of the Jagbos, but I'm going to, might go back and do a piece on him, like at some point in the podcast, just to see what this guy's about. Joseph Jr. versus Maxim Vlasov. Joseph, 126, knocked out, 21, lost three. Got up against Maxim Vlasov, 145, knocked out, 26, lost three. 
Joe Smith Jr., people are going to remember him mostly, I would imagine, for his performance against uh, uh, Alvarez and... How could I forget? Bernard Hopkins, sorry. Excuse me. Uh, you know, for his performances. And he's the type of fighter where he has that... It, do you know what? It almost seems a little bit too packaged to be true. Does that make sense? His name is actually Joe Smith, as in, you know, the, 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 the man on the street. And they wouldn't talk like that, would he? Do you know what I mean? The man on the street. I don't know. His name is Joe Smith. He was a blue-collar worker, and it's like he actually fights, as his name would imply, as in strong, tough, raw. You're not going to get no fancy dance sort of dancing around. He... he uh, Vlasov's coming out with this high energy. Like I've seen him fight before, but he was just like bouncing around, hands low and all of that. And, you know, he's not giving Smith any time to sort of ease into the fight. In the second round, Joe's sort of confident in his own offense. You can see it increasing. His right hands are landing a bit. But it's sort of just like, and Vlasov is just like walking forward now. There's no intimidation uh, from, from Joe. And Vlasov's herky-jerky movements it's, it seems like Joe's having... Joe sort of seems tired. Smith Jr. Smith Smith seems sort of tired at this point. Fourth round, Vlasov is just sort of pulling away for me a little bit. And he's settled down. Vlasov settles down, settled down in his style a bit more as well. He's sort of willing to stay on the inside and catch Joe as opposed to sort of... <laughs> that was doing all over the place. Joe's throwing sort of big bombs, but he's missing. Fifth round, Vlasov's... Like, hands are so low, he's sort of reading how slow Smith is and he's not showing any fear, almost mocking him. All the while, while this is happening, Smith is actually racking up rounds. Now, I was sort of thinking, these are close because none of these are landing clean shots. And in my head, I was having Vlasov winning quite significantly. When I actually got to my scorecard, it was a little bit different. Uh, yeah, so now in the seventh round, Smith, he's got an injection of life. Big risky swings, throwing these bombs. You know, some of them missing, some of them are, are, are sort of landing. In the 11th, just when I thought the shapes of both fighters were wilting a little bit, their boxing, the, 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 the boxing stances, Smith, boom, sort of wakes up. Hits, hits Vlasov behind the head and Vlasov, like, milks that. But, you know, that's all good, whatever. It's boxing. Take what you can get, as they say. Vlasov ends the 12th. Well, I thought, you know, he, he had he had loads. Of, what I'm thinking about Vlasov when I'm watching the fight, he had loads of opportunities to counter as Joe's... It's Joe sort of lunging past him, but he doesn't seem to capitalise on it. Do you know what I mean? Vlasov looks the better fighter in, in, in the last round, which I think the judges will like. But yeah, so when it comes to the end of the fight, I thought my scorecard was like, I'm thinking, yeah, Vlasov has won this. Not comfortably, but he's, he's, he's taking this. Actually, looking at it, 115-114 was my card. One judge had it 114-114. Uh, to Vlasov, that was. One judge had it 114-114, 115-113, 115-112. And that was all for Joe Smith. So, yeah, my card, I had it Vlasov, 115-114. Joe Smith's done it. Done it. The new the uh, new light heavyweight champion. <sighs> Can't grumble at that, really, can you? And I'm not going to, that's, that's the thing. I mean, we've got to talk about his style. We've got to talk about you know, little things that we see. And I know that, uh, I know Callum Smith is, is um, uh, Callum Johnson is interested in the Joe Smith Jr. fight. I know he, 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 he likes the idea of that fight. Obviously he'd like that WBO world light heavyweight title around his, around his waist. So we shall see how it plays out. We shall see how it plays out. Is that everything? I think that's everything for the fights, isn't it? Right. Let's get to the topic of the week, shall we? Why Amir Khan versus Conor Ben could be a good fight. Are you still with me after I've said that? You've messed out some fights, I know. Ain't got time. Sorry. Got to keep it tight and compact. Right, let's go. Right. Right, now let me sell this to you, okay? Oh, don't tell me that's the Amazon. Could need a door going. That's going to be bloody Amazon. I'm not expecting anything. Might be Conor Ben coming around to give me a whack around the face. I'll say, you. Amir Khan versus Conor Ben. So I did a backflip. I was excited when Ben KO'd Vargas. 
looks at Alan Vargas, probably a lovely fella. I was like, yeah, go on, go on, Connor, you watch. I ought to grab Connor around his head under my arm and just ruffle his head with a fist. You know, go on, you. So he's like, get off now, mate. I'm like, nah, mate. Let's get the elephant in the room out of the way. We want Avanessi in next, right? We saw what he did to Josh Kelly. It was that that fight sticks in my mind. It's almost like a nightmare. <laughs> if it's a nightmare for me, what was it for Josh? It's just it was just so not shocking because going into the fight, I, 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 I'm not going to lie, I like Josh to get it on points, but I, I thought it could have been the type of one where it was so close, and Josh would have gone down a few times. Avanessi would have gone down that it would have gone to the scorecards if he could have made it to the end and they would have tipped it to Kelly. But Kelly didn't even have the chance to get there. There were many reasons people were saying, that, you know, was Kelly tired? How did he look? Um, uh, what was his conditioning like in that particular fight? And in the IFL interview with Adam Booth, it wasn't even addressed. So I don't know whether Booth said, look, you can't, don't mention it, which I think it probably, he must have, right? But regardless and that's a fight I still like for Ben as well, but that's for another podcast. Amir Khan versus Conor Ben. Avanessian, we want. That would be the perfect... Mm, that would be the perfect fight for the fans. But then part of me says, if Conor Ben done the same thing to Avanessian, oh, it's because Avanessian just keeps his hands up and comes forward. Somebody who moves, he won't kind of be able to do that. Do you get what I'm saying? That's what I feel would happen. But we'll, we'll get to that at another point. Any fighter going head on and standing for Conor Ben, they're going to get their head taken off. You Kelly's, that's why it's an interesting fight. They're going to move, do a little bit of a dancing. You'll come back as a pretty one. Huh? Don't worry about it. Kelly's going to be coming back. It'll be, it'll be, it'll be all right. But Khan will move. You all must have forgot. Check it. Those early rounds of the Crawford fight, some of them, Khan was looking all right in, am I right? I should have really watched the fight before I'd done this, just to double check. But in my head, I'm sort of thinking he looked all right at points in that Crawford fight. <laughs> now, of course, the caveat is that Crawford does tend to sometimes start slow. I mean, people say that he starts slow. But it's a bit of a flipping cliche, really. Maybe he's just working the opponent out. <laughs> That's what I always think people say that. And in doing so, he sometimes takes some licks. So you don't want to read too much into Khan having success early against, uh, or Khan not looking too bad, should I say, early against Crawford. But, and, and yes, Khan is past his prime. And yes, when Khan gets close to Khan, we know it's... But I'm still kind of shocked that everybody's written Khan off. American. That's for the old school lot. I give Connor all the credit in the world for the win. More than most. He can't what he was supposed to do, went in there and done the business. But I just think Khan's going to be tough to nail down if, 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 if. If we get the Khan who moves a little bit, uses the blah, 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 just to keep Khan off balance. I can see, you know, when a glove, a fighters have the gloves up and they're getting kind of like shoe shined and their stance is not being broken, but they're kind of, it's almost as if their top half's moving. You know what I mean? The legs are planted. I can see that with Connor because if Connor's aggressive and opening up, He's going to get touched and going to get caught a little bit. But you let Connor control the ring, the pace. Feel uh, if, if 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 you let Connor feel comfortable, especially if you stand there with your uh, with your arms up and your hands up, just waiting for the the blows to rain in. And then you think to yourself, right now I'm going to start boxing. By the time you've done that, you're going to have old boy referee jumping in, going, "Oh, stop it!" Please. Especially if it's the same ref. So you're going to have to move. You're going to have to make Connor. You, no, you're going to have to bring out the boxing in Connor. We've seen it. We've seen it. But you're going to want to test him. All right. You've got power. You're young. You're strong. You train hard. You've got good technique. What's the actual boxing like? 
we forget Ami Khan can box, but he's so willing. He's got so it, we always say it, and it, it's getting to the point where it's it's bordering on grotesque. But we always say Khan's got big balls. And he will get in there and have a fight. Nobody can say Khan does. You, I don't need to talk about the history. I'm, um, you know, you, you, if you pepper run, make it ugly, you could see Connor searching a little bit. And how is he going to look in the process of trying to find Khan? But Khan has to move. What I'm trying to say is, look, listen, we know if he gets touched, if Connor's in that sort of uh, mood, which he will be, we know, right? But I just don't, I, I think it's a fight that's a little bit more intriguing than people are instantly giving it credit for. I like the fight. Connor would be the favourite, it'd be the fresher, it'd be the younger, but I like it. Am I talking completely out of my pile? Always do, don't I? Let me know your thoughts. Let's get to the news. You love the news, didn't you? How much news can you take? Ready to... <clears throat> Relax, Daniel. News, please. Right, news. Clarissa Shields. I'm going to knock Marshall. I'm going to. I'm going to knock Marshall's ass out, and she knows it. Oh, it's not nice, is it? It's going to happen. The talk is going to happen. Not really a news story, but I liked it. Shout out to boxing scene. <laughs> I'm not going to open the article and read it. Oh, all right. I'll open the article and read it. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it so funny? What? What's this going on here? God, it's the first time you've opened the article and this new updated thing, isn't it? There we go. We got it. Unified middleweight and, and junior middleweight uh, champion Clarissa Shields has fired back at Savannah Marshall. Shout out to the boxing scene staff. The past weekend at the Copper Box Arena in London, Marshall blew away late replacement Maria Lindbergh. We know all that because I've told you. Shields said... Uh, sorry, um, Savannah said, if Shields has the guts, they could come together by the end of the year. Uh, Savannah has, like I said, she 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 mentioned to me, Ching Ching, when she thinks about the Clarissa Shields fight. She wants it. And that's why you are going to hear the rhetoric from Savannah pumping up a little bit. She wants to make the fight. Clarissa Shields says, Savannah Marshall's got nothing on me. Don't believe the hype. She's going to get her ass kicking this year for sure. Well, that's what we want to hear. We want to hear that kind of talk, don't we? Makes the fight exciting. Great. I, I do you know what? I'm at the point where I don't even say I was grateful for women's boxing. It's just boxing now, isn't it? It's great for women's boxing. It's just boxing now. It's just boxing. Can't wait for it. Uh, Tyson Fury and the Anthony Joshua fight. I think it will 100% happen. And I think we're going to know within the next couple of days where and when. I'm confident this fight's going to get made in the next few days. That's that behind the gloves. Shout out to... Shout out to... Really drawing a mind blank. Do you know what it is? It's the, 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 the... No, my, my mind's gone. I think I'm just st stunned and flummoxed. I've got a picture, I've got a picture where I'm, where, where I'm with her. Uh, uh, I, I, I've, got, I've got my arm around her waist. It's just my mind's gone. Anyway, shout out to Behind the Gloves. I will get back to that name. But pray to God, apologies. Anyway, yeah, Tyson, Tyson Fury, the fight's going to happen. BoxingScene.com. Ame Khan facing Conor Ben. Maybe it's the belt. Oh, yeah, right. So Ame Khan responded, didn't he, on tweet to Conor Ben? Worse to the effect of, well, let's not get worse to the effect. Let's get the actual, let's get the actual words, what he said. What did he say? Let's get the quote. Let's get the quote. Conor, well done. Great kid. Wish him all the best. At his age, I was world champ. Maybe if he had the some belts, that fight would make sense but it's got a long way to go yet. And I believe there was some kind of, uh, how you say, uh, provocative emoji that was on display. So that's great. That's what we want to hear. And even if Khan's saying that, money talks, if the money's right, if the money's right, if the money's right, Khan will be like, do you know what? Yeah, let's go. <laughs> of course, of course. Uh, Dillian White slams cherry picker Tyson Fury saying he's not the heavyweight number one. Uh, shout out to Boxing News 24, Charles Brun. Dillian White isn't happy that Cherry Picker Tyson Fury calls himself the number one guy in the division, despite him having chosen, despite having chosen not to fight him in the past, causing, according to this guy's written this. Unlike others, White isn't impressed with Fury's wins over Vladimir Klitschko and Deontay Wilder. What did White say? What did White actually say? Let's get the quote. Let's get the quote. Have you not got a quote in here? 
Yes, you have. Fury calls himself the greatest of all time, yet he's turned down fights against me, even when ordered by the WBC. Dillian White told Sky Sports on whether Fury should be viewed as the number one heavyweight. Heavyweights are fighters. They're going to say these things, all right? They're going to say these things. doesn't mean we necessarily always need to sit and analyse it, get out of the rankings, work out who's fought what and who's... Sometimes they're going to say these things. Dillian White wants a Tyson Fury fight. He's um, going to be on the outskirts. That's not the right word. You know what I mean? Sort of circling, seeing what's going on. I would imagine hoping negotiations fall through so he can grab one of the he can grab a one of the guys, right? That from his perspective, that makes sense. So he's going to say those things. It's might not necessarily be true. We might not necessarily agree with it, but he is going to say those things. Yeah, George Foreman is back, baby. I think it's all happening. This uh, potential fight, Foreman is back. I can't believe this. Just like George Foreman. Oh my god. Oh my god. Michelle Joy Phelps. I remember the name now. And I'm mistaking George Foreman with Evander Holyfield. Bit racist, isn't it? Evander Holyfield versus Kevin McBride. It is happening. It is happening. Uh, Sean Jones, Boxing Scene 24. I'm sorry, Boxing News 24. Evander the Real Door Holyfield will be facing 47-year-old Kevin the Clone. The Clone's Colossus McBride. Kevin McBride? Jesus. Yeah, I remember. God, I remember him. In a heavyweight match as the chief support for Tia Lopez versus George Cambosis Jr., on the Triller pay-per-view this summer, June the 5th. <sighs> That's for a separate podcast. Time is running out. I'm going to discuss that. Oh, and check out my interview with Evander Holyfield Jr. on Boxing on uh, Boxing King Media. It was a really in-depth interview. I hope you guys uh, enjoy it. Go and check it out. Search Boxing King Media on your YouTube. Scroll down and you'll see your boy Wingo speaking to his son. And I tried to save the... Uh, Questions about his dad to last. Didn't want to. Didn't want to give too much of it to him. You know, always going on about his bloody dad. Uh, boxing clubs can reopen their doors uh, very soon. That's going to be exciting. That is going to be exciting, isn't it? Shout out to Boxing News Magazine, John Denon. You know what, John? I'm a story. I met John once outside a fight. I shouldn't talk about this. Should I? I was about to say it's about jobs and that. No, I shouldn't really. Don't talk about that. Get yourself done, Daniel. Uh, there wasn't anything bad. It was just sometimes I just forget that I'm, you know, I think I'm talking to mates. I'm not. In short, um, it's a really good article. I advise you guys to go and read it. I really enjoyed it. It's about the grassroots of the sport, boxing clubs being able to open and the the, the, the doors being able to to um, uh, allow fighters in again, which is essential. We laugh, we have a muck about, we have our issues with COVID, but we know what these these clubs mean to so many kids in the area and it's a real sad story so it's, it's a really great article i recommend you go and read it go to boxingnewsonline.net and the title is uh, boxing clubs can reopen their doors it's a really 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 good article go and check that out william i'm telling you to go and do it uh right let's try and marcos Maidano might be coming back <laughs> i don't know why it made me laugh to be fair it just it just hit me do you know what made me laugh all right it made me laugh because of his boss instagram Marcus Maidana arguably has the best Instagram out of all the boxers that I follow. Yes, I'm a cigar smoker, so I might be a little bit biased. But my man's chilling around, smuffing on a Cohiba on a Cuban. Check out my cigar channel, The Glory of Cigars. And uh, yeah, it's just cool. Anyway, it's not about the cigars, is it? Uh, I'd love Marcus Maidana to come back. I really would. He's not that old, is he? I don't think he's that old. Uh, shout out uh, boxing scene, Michael Rivera. One of the most iconic venues in the history of Argentine sports could be the venue for a potential June return of former world champion Marcos Chino Maidana. Maidana, who's not entered the ring since he faced Floyd Mayweather twice in 2014, plans to put on the gloves and face a veteran, Jaida Para, who in 2019 surprised and removed the undefeated record of younger brother Fabian Maidana. We have thought about facing J Jadia Para, the Venezuelan who fought with my brother in Mar de Pala. We have thought about doing that fight with him and, well, we are trying to arrive there by June. I think that almost everything is concrete. Madonna said to ESPN Deportes, Madonna's 37 years old. That's all right, isn't it? Record of 35-5 and 31 knockouts. I I'm, I'm excited about this for some reason. And we know Madonna can fight, right? <laughs> I like it. I do like it. I, I like it. I'm sorry. I like it. I've got uh, uh, shades of our lady. I've got shades of my yoga smoking there, uh, smoking a cig uh, cigarette in it. <laughs> what am I talking about? I just want to see fights, man. I just want to see fights. All right. Um, mm -mm -mm. Yeah, three big offers on the table regarding Tyson Fury. Tyson Fury and Joshua could be announced. In fact, let me just check. 
it could like actually be announced right now. Do you know what I mean? It's any day now. As I record this, it's Sunday uh, 22 8. God, is that the time? Christ, I've got to move. I've got to go work soon. 20 to 8. So right now, it literally could have been announced. Has it been announced? It hasn't yet. No, it hasn't yet. Uh, check out Behind the Gloves. Uh, they've got a really good... I shouldn't really shout out other people, should I? I should just be proud of my own thing. But they've got a good Tyson Fury uh, interview uh, up, I believe, and people are excited about that. So yeah, definitely check that out. Right. Um, upcoming fights... April 17th, Jake Paul versus Ben Askin, eight rounds cruiserweights. YouTube fighters, a, we've got to do, we've got to do one on that. I, I, I'm, I've changed a little bit. I did used to be, oh god, I can't believe it. What are they doing? YouTube is now. I'm like, I'm a bit more hip with it now. <laughs> As I've got older, I don't know. Versus Ben Askren. Now he's supposed to be. He was a, he's an MMA guy, right? But he's he's fighting. He's, he's boxing. There's got to be a reason. Oh, I don't know Ben Askin. Sorry, I don't know Jake Paul. I saw an interview with him. He seemed like a um, uh, extremely confident young man. And he said uh, certain things in the past as well. They all have, really, haven't they? But I, I'm, I'm interested in the Jake Paul story. I, I'd be lying to you if I said I wasn't. It'd be a lie. <laughs> I want, I'm just interested in that. I don't know why. This one's kind of captivated me. The KSI one and that, it didn't really get me, but... I don't know, man. It just seems so weird, doesn't it? <laughs> it seems weird. Where well, you knocked out that Nate Campbell, just the whole thing seems bizarre as hell, but I do want to watch it. Um, Regus Progre versus I- uh, Ivan Red to catch 10 rounds junior welterweight. This is April 17th. Lorenzo Simpson versus Francis Emilio Torres, eight rounds. Steve Cunningham versus Frank Murr, eight rounds. God, that's good. still going. Uh, uh, junior Yonan, Jason Minda, eight rounds. Quinton Randall versus William Jackson, uh, six, uh, eight rounds. And Joe Fortuna versus Andres Felipeno, Robello Lodono, six rounds light heavyweights. April 17th, Florida, Dizone. I've got Dizone, by the way. <coughs> Bit late to it. 199, that's good, isn't it? I'm not I'm not getting paid for it. That's good, though, isn't it? I thought, is that really 199 a month when I sign up to that? I thought, oh, that's all right. It's good, isn't it? I wish I had more fights on replay, though. I can't find the old fights like that have just happened. I wish I'd put the entire cards up. That would be even better, but can't grumble for that price. Haven't had a chance to watch the Akambarak show, but it looks good, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Demetrius Andrade versus Liam Williams. <gasps> it's this weekend, isn't it? April 17th. Oh, we're going to see. If, uh, I think we. Mm, no, don't give away too much. Uh, just check out the Boxing King Media. I, I've got. Oh, there's some. There's certain people I'm going to try and interview. <laughs> I'm giving it away. Carlos Gongora versus. Sorry. Carlos Gonzalez versus Christopher Pearson, 12 rounds. Mohamed Rasul versus Majidov, Andre Fedros, 12 rounds. Oh, these names are getting crazy now. Molodovin Biesor versus Israel Mercer, eight rounds. Masado, eight rounds, junior welterweights. Otto Jones III versus Jorge David Castaneda, eight rounds. April 17th, Tony Harrison. Oh, I missed out the last one. I just saw his little name at the bottom and I thought, you know what? I'm not going to bother because I've got to try to end this podcast. No, I'm not right. In fact... I'm going to slow down. I'm rushing so much. I'm going to slow down. I'm going to give this fight the respect that it deserves. Aaron Eponte. He's fighting TBA, four rounds junior welterweights. April 17th, Los Angeles, Tony Harrison versus Bryant Perella, 10 rounds junior middleweights. He never rematched Charlo, did he? I, I haven't missed that in my sort of little period that I had off. Did he rematch Charlo? I'm pretty sure he hasn't done that yet, has he? Or did they? I can't even bloody remember. Of course he did. He lost you. Oh, God. I'm really rusty. Yes, I remember the fight. Oh, God. I can't believe I just said that. Oh, an idiot. I'm not going to cut it out. Why not? It's funny, isn't it? I took a lot of time off of boxing. I forgot everything. And it's fact, it was the end of 2019 where I kind of just shut off from boxing. So I'm getting back into it. Is it actually him? I'm going to talk about, I'll probably talk about a completely different Tony Harrison, isn't I? I'm going to go to sleep. Omar, Omar Juarez versus Jess, uh, Jesse Roman, 10 rounds junior welterweights. Vito Milnicki versus James Martin, 8 rounds welterweights. Efedor Apochi versus Dean Nicholson, 12 rounds cruiserweights. Right, there's a little bit more that I want to talk about that is going to be uh, shoved into the after dark portion, uh, which I'm going to explain in a minute. 
Uh, right, we've done it. We've done it. We're at the end. My voice is croaking. My son's going crazy upstairs. Sorry if you've heard him. <laughs> he knows what's going on. Thanks, son, for the first podcast. Appreciate it. Um, shout out to the shout out to the Patreon. Well, you would. It's your Patreon, you fat plonker. <laughs> shout out to my Patreon people, please. If you can support, check out my Patreon. I would appreciate it. It's literally gone up at the time of recording this today. Um, so if you could check out my Patreon, I'd be very appreciative. Um. There are many tiers there. Go to patreon.com forward slash wingyboxing. There's tiers from £1. Uh, there's tiers from £2.50. Um, and at various tiers, you get various benefits. I've got a tier where you can access the classic wingy boxing videos that are not available anymore. The UK Wing Chun student videos, I upload them there. <coughs> Excuse me. The old podcast interviews that I never put out. Stuff going back to 2010. So if you classic UK Wing Chun student lot, you will love that tier. Have a look at the page. There's also the Wingy Boxing After Dark podcast where I let it all out. Um, I don't hold back. Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, whereas obviously I'm clean on this one. On that one, that's only for the Patreons. All information, that's uh, that, check that tier out. All information is up at the uh, patreon.com forward slash wingyboxing or wingyboxing.co.uk. Please check me out on... Oh, oh, shout out the pod. I want to get this podcast going. So please spread the podcast to your friends. Let them know about it. Say, listen, do Wingy's Boxing Bites. It's a short podcast. It's an hour. The guy's cool. It's kind of funny. Bit of an idiot. If you don't think I'm funny, tell them I'm funny anyway. They might like the humor or they may regret their life uh, for you turning them on to me, uh, which most people, in all fairness, probably would. Check out that please shout out the podcast spread it around i would appreciate it give it five stars if you could my instagram is wingy boxing the wingy boxing facebook group is facebook groups it's facebook.com forward slash groups wingy boxing not easy to get into that group we don't approve everybody we will have a little sniff around your profile see what you're about if you're a mysterious egg or a blank face chances are you won't get in <laughs> but there is a tier on the patreon where you instantly get in no matter what still got to behave when you're there though have a look at the patreon and of course check my check my Check me out on youtube.com forward slash boxing king media where you will see me doing my thing with the interviews, getting my interview game on blood. I think we've done it. <laughs> we've done it. First episode is done. Oh my god. Hope you guys enjoyed that. I want to cut it off nicely at the one hour portion and all the other little bits that I forgot to finish off. I'm gonna squeeze into the after dark. And the after dark isn't just cast offs, by the way. There's also other topics, but I kind of slice it off. So I'm going to do that now. Thank you for your support. Big up to you guys. It feels good to be back. Really hope you enjoyed it. Please spread the word about the podcast. I want to get this podcast in everybody's ears. You are team wingy boxing. If you're not, and you're just having a little, I hate that. I hate that. I can hate him. Look at him with his black, big black face smiling all the time. He annoys the fuck out of me. You're still listening though, ain't you, sweetheart? Do you want to kiss? <laughs> All right, grow up. Never. <sighs> I better behave and better go. Hope you enjoyed it. Where's me mate, Mick Hennessy? You know what to do, Mick. Take him home. I mean, the footwork, a lot of glided around that ring, hitting him with jabs at will, touching him, explosive with it. It was like shades of Arlene, the way he was moving. moving.